0: Welcome to the USU Career Studio podcast that helps you navigate your career path. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to tell your friends and family all about it. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere else you listen to get access to our newest content. Thanks for joining us for our Friday face-to-face episode. I'm Marissa Armitstead, your host, and I'm so excited to welcome alum Tyler Anderson to the show. Welcome, Tyler.
1: Thank you.
0: Tyler Anderson is a financial advisor with Edward Jones, who specializes in the complex financial needs of business owners, executives, and those very near to or living in retirement. Tyler has more than 20 years of financial advisory experience and was recently named on Forbes Best in State Wealth Advisors 2022 list. Tyler makes it his top priority to ensure all aspects of his clients' portfolios work together including wealth management, preservation, and protection strategies. So with that, Tyler, so excited to have you on the show today. Thanks for making time for a few minutes to chat. I'd love to start just by learning a little bit more about your educational background. So you're an Aggie. um, So talk to us a little bit about your undergraduate experience and how that led to kind of this financial advising career path.
1: So it's only been a few years ago that I was at Utah state. At least it seems like in my (laughs) mind, uh, it's been, actually it was a few years ago that I took my son over there for his freshman year. And we walked through, uh, some of the old uh, buildings and and actually my old dorm where I spent my first uh, semester and, and it really just felt like it was yesterday, but it's been uh, quite a while now, almost 30 years. So, um, You know, and originally when I went to Utah State, I thought um, originally I had signed up to be an aerospace engineer and that uh, Utah State has a very good engineering program. And that was kind of my original plan. But uh, after spending a a year there, I mean, one of the nice things about uh, getting an education at a place like Utah State is there's a pretty varied Class schedule and and, and initially you take a lot of general education classes and and so it gives you a chance to see what uh, different industries or different jobs uh, might look like and and see if that's something you really want to do, I think it's fairly common for people to change their major a time or two after arriving so. Um, needless to say I didn't finish in um, aerospace engineering I realized pretty quickly that that wasn't going to be the best fit for me It was uh, mostly sitting in a room by myself doing math all day and uh, that may be attractive to some but I felt like I needed more social interaction and a chance to work with people so so that switched um, and, and I still think you know sometimes people say what are you going to be when you grow up and and someday I do hope to grow up but I do feel like it took a few years, but I feel like it, at this point it's what I'm supposed to do, what I'm good at, um, I'm in the right place. but And I feel like that degree from Utah State was important in you know, maybe giving me a well-rounded background, but also giving me opening doors and giving me opportunity.
0: Yeah. I love that. And can I dig a little bit deeper? Because I'm curious. Sure. Um, so many students. In fact, most students find themselves in that same position of, Ooh, I thought I was going to love this major. And actually it's not a super great fit for me. How did right. you explore other options? Was it through kind of that general education? How did you find out about other options?
1: Yeah. So I, I think, I, 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 I don't know that there's a magic answer there, but it's certainly just trial and error to some degree. So I, you know, initially I, I switched my majors and went into the, the, actually, I think my final degree was in political science, liberal arts, a dual major um, and a minor in international studies uh, and a minor in, in Japanese. And, and some of it was just life experiences uh, Utah State. Through Utah State, I had the chance to go back and spend some time in Washington DC doing an internship uh, with a Congressman from Idaho. Um, and then I was fortunate enough to spend some time in, in Japan uh, on an LDS mission. And so those experiences, I guess, and, and just a little bit of time helped me decide what I enjoyed doing. And I think it's pretty tough. We have the expectation that at 18 years old, uh, we're going to know what we want to do for the rest of our lives. And, and quite honestly, if we're being honest, many of the major decisions in life are made during a short period of time maybe between even 16 and 26, maybe there's a 10 year period of time where almost every major decision in life is made. And most of your habits are created at that point. So you sort of make the bed and then you have to sleep in it for the remaining 60 years of your life. And and, and so there can be a little, I mean, that's a difficult position that we put people in, but it's it's sort of the reality. Now that said, it doesn't mean we can't change, grow or develop. Uh, so. You know, if I don't like the bed necessarily, it doesn't mean I have to lay in it. I, I can adjust the bed and change the pillows. And and, uh, and and you can do that throughout life. I'm sure there are many non traditional students. I don't know what the statistics are, but Utah State, I, I do sit on or, or have sat on the board over here at, at the Brigham City campus uh, for a number of years. And I think our population is much more non traditional students that have realized uh, I need to make some adjustments. But that said, we really do. I mean, most major decisions, we decide if we're going to marry, who we're going to marry, are we going to have children? Um, and those are lifelong commitments. Uh, at least I think you need to take that attitude going in. And uh, are we, what is our major going to be? What, what is our career path going to be? And and while well, you you can change, it's hard. I mean, I mean once you've started down a road, it's, it's much more painful to turn around than to get it right from the beginning. So... I guess you just keep your eyes open and try to figure out things that you enjoy uh, i'm a big fan of believing it's not necessarily the destination but it's the journey uh, i think you've got to constantly be enjoying the moments uh, of each day and and sneaking little bits of fun and, and satisfaction in uh, each each day to the extent you can uh, sometimes people say well when this happens then you know, when I retire, that's something I hear in my line of work. When I retire, then life's going to be good, you know, or, you know, when this happens, then, you know, when I have a million dollars, then I'm going to be happy. Well, honestly, if you weren't before, you probably won't then either. And, and so, yeah. I don't know if that answers your question, but I talked a bunch.
0: No, that's great. And in fact, you hit on a lot of great points. Um, A lot of, I think, myths that students have, you know, in their freshman year, sophomore year of college, that they have to have everything figured out. Um, They have to stick with the same major. Um, And and you bring up some really good points of reality that, you know, once you graduate, it does get harder um, to make switches. But at the same time, um, if you're really unhappy, there are always opportunities to kind of reroute, redesign. So I really appreciate those those comments. I'm curious, transitioning a little bit to kind of your line of work, but also still keeping the student cap on a little bit. Uh, You know, college is expensive and it's um, ever, ever growing in that area. And I'm curious, uh, you know, lots of students consider taking out student loans to make ends meet um, because they see a lot of value in higher education. Um, I'm curious from kind of that lifetime financial perspective that you often look at with clients, how can student loans impact future wealth, building opportunities, and, and retirement? Because again, we hear a lot of scary things about student loans. So I'm kind of curious, what's your take on that and, and kind of the long-term impact?
1: So I, I know it's a, it's a conversation that I hear frequently is, is there value in additional education, higher education? And um, and I'm a big fan of higher education. I, I've encouraged my children very heavily to, to further their education beyond a high school diploma. Um, because I, I see statistically in the world it's, it's there's no guarantees you're always going to find an example of somebody that you know has a doctorate in something and can't find work and is working as a waiter or something but but the truth is if i just look at raw statistics uh, and and we also look at downturns in the economy I, mean, I was a financial advisor in the great recession 2007 2008 2009 and i had many clients who worked their way up into companies um, get laid off and and I saw that firsthand. It, it, and the, the truth is, and this is somewhat anecdotal evidence, but the truth is, we, we saw those with uh, experience, uh, but not a degree. I felt like I saw those really struggle to find replacement work. Um, and I saw those with a degree generally land on their feet uh, much quicker. And those with advanced degrees, okay. frankly, if you look back at the statistical data, those with advanced degrees, master's degrees, and beyond, honestly, they didn't feel that recession from a job unemployment standpoint very heavily. Um, and those without a high school degree, they, they were the ones that felt it the strongest. Um, I think you know, we'd have to go back and look at the information, but honestly, unemployment was for that demographic, maybe as high as 20%, where those with advanced degrees and and again, I'm just going shooting from the hip here. Maybe it was as little as three or four percent unemployment. So it, it was a totally different situation. Now it's just a piece of paper, to some degree. But I do think it shows uh, it's a way to differentiate yourself in a very competitive environment. Now that said, I, I think there's some alternative programs, uh, you know, some trade school programs that are excellent. And I think again, as part of that journey of deciding what you want to do, but to some degree, you have to show uh, that you you have something more than the other person applying for the job, and and uh, personality alone may not be enough. And so, it does get you noticed, and it opens doors. I, I it's just a reality. It's, the analogy I sometimes think of is this little bit like, so here I am dressed up a little bit today. I mean, it's uh, I'm not wearing a tuxedo or anything, but. Why would I wear a wool jacket? Well, I, that's an expectation in society. I, I have to dress and act a part, and, and and to some degree, we're all in this kind of playing this game a little bit. And so, that's that's how it works. And we can push against that if we want, but but I'm not sure that that makes sense. Um, so back to the 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 debt issue. It's a very ser- serious issue, and I see it constantly. I'll see young professionals want to come in and talk about financial situation and their financial situation, and they have a significant amount of debt uh, that they've built up through school. And and I really think for the most part, that's avoidable. And and let's talk through that for a few minutes. So I really think that if, particularly if you've applied yourself when you're young there are a lot of scholarship opportunities and a lot of ways that you can help get some of that, those costs paid, but even without that, I do believe that it can be relatively affordable. Um, there are alternatives. I mean, I don't, obviously, if I go to Stanford uh, right from the get-go, it's enormously expensive. Um, but I do think that if I go to a, com- a community college, maybe Brigham City, Utah State, maybe I have to live at home for a year or two. Um, maybe I go over to the Utah State campus in Logan, but there's a whole different world of of costs associated with that. You know, what kind of, do I share a room? Do I have a luxurious apartment by myself with my own bathroom? Um, You know, what kind of car do I drive? You know, where do I eat and how do I eat? And uh, so I really think lifestyle choices there can make a huge impact on the amount of money that it costs. And then I'm a big believer in working. Honestly, if you want something done, ask some of the busiest people to do it because for whatever reason, they seem to be able to fit it in. And I think students overall that are working, I don't think it's a detriment to their ability to still find the time to do their homework and to take advantage of the educational opportunities presented them. So I'm a big fan in, in working their way through school taking the summers. And I mean, if you work 50, 60 hours, yes, is that hard? Is it a little bit of a sacrifice? Sure. But do you appreciate what you have when you're done? Uh, I think so. and. and uh, you know, I, I, if you do the math on it and you say, well, here's what the tuition costs and here's what the books and fees are. Yeah, it's, it's relatively expensive. But, you know, I think if you work hard and you take advantage of that and you maybe look at a junior college or uh, an extension, uh, a little bit lower cost. Maybe I live at home. I look at alternatives. I look at my living expenses. Um, then I, I think you can get through with very little or no debt in most situations. Um, and then the other, there are times, I mean, the next question you may ask is, well, is there ever appropriate situations for that Dad, You know, I, I guess if I'd got myself through a four-year degree and then I was in med school and, and I had a very demanding schedule where there was just no alternative, but even there, I, I, there's probably some difference between med schools, but I don't, I honestly don't know off the top of my head where my doctor went to medical school. It, it, <laughs> right. and I don't think people could tell you what school they went to or made the decision on that doctor based on that school. So there's certainly some that are more expensive and some that are cheaper. And then I met with a, a, a doctor that a few years, just a year or two ago, and I, I felt bad, honestly, because there was really nothing I could do to help them. He just had so much debt. But part of it was the lifestyle that they lived when they went to college. I mean, they had this expectation, well, we need to drive a early, a pretty comfortable car, a reliable car. Well, a new car and, you know, we, we need to live in a nice place. And and we've got to have these things because our friends do, or we're playing this, keeping up with the Joneses. And uh, I've heard this attributed to, to Will Smith. I've heard it attributed to um, uh, Dave Ramsey. I don't know who who said it, but sometimes we, we, uh, we buy things we can't afford with money. We don't have to impress people we don't even like. And, And, and so we have to think through that and say is is there any value in in trying to perpetuate a lifestyle that really at this stage in our life is unaffordable i'm not saying you shouldn't at some point have nice things but those should be done in in their season if that makes sense so i really think if you are careful about it uh and adjust your lifestyle work hard you know think through the school that you want to attend and pay attention to that and then plan a little bit you know i we waited a little while to have children. Um, now, does that mean that my younger kids I can't keep up with on the basketball court? Yes, it does. It, you know, 20 years ago, I, maybe I could have kept up. Now, it's uh, yeah, the, I'm a little. This, but that was a decision we made so that we didn't have to try to because kids are expensive and and even think through marriage and think through you know when I'm going to buy a house and all of those things. Uh, I see students trying to do those things, uh, and maybe they need to wait. I mean, I waited until I had graduated to get married. So I didn't have the cost of, of some of that. uh, And I didn't have children until I had a little bit of time to establish an income. And, but those were decisions. And I'm not saying that every person needs to, to do it exactly like that, but those are things you want to think through instead of just kind of waking up one day and saying, where's, I have to do this because of, well, you put yourself in that situation. Was it a purposeful decision or did the wind blow you there?
0: So So many good thoughts there that I wish we could spend maybe two more hours talking about. Um, It does remind me, I I do want to put in a plug for Utah State's um, money management program. They have a really awesome center uh, that helps students uh, do some basic budgeting. And so if you're listening to Tyler right now and thinking, holy moly, I need to get some help and get my life in order, that's a great first um, free resource that all students can access. Um, But I really appreciate all of those tips and advice as students Um, look to the future and and try to kind of plan things out. I think those are great tips. I'd love to dive into a little bit more about your work, Tyler. So uh, a financial advisor feels Maybe a little bit uh, hard to pinpoint exactly what you do. So, talk us sure. through what kind of a, a day in the life looks like.
1: So, I think that there's there is a pretty varied. I mean, that's a title that can be thrown onto a lot of different people within the industry, and and it's a pretty loose title. So, personally, I, I mean, I work for a very large firm, Edward Jones, and I've been here for over 20 years. Um, we manage. You know, several hundred million dollars of, it's mostly local people's money, but it is spread across the United States, I think 20 different states. And uh, and so I work with four, four or 500 families or uh, groups and we just, we, we help them with all aspects of money management. And I, now I focus mostly on people that are nearing or at retirement. Uh, we walk them through the retirement process and, and help them prepare for that, have an income plan in place, make decisions in regards to the timing of social security and pensions, uh, understanding the risk level of their investments and and making sure that those uh, investments stay at the appropriate risk level, um, uh, helping them through the ups and downs of the economy or the markets, um, and uh, then helping transition that wealth smoothly to the next generation uh, efficiently. I mean, uh, there's just a lot of little things that, that little little things that have to be done correctly, uh, just little things like the tax implications of what I'm doing. It can be as simple as the conversation of, should I buy this new car? Well, you can afford to buy that new car, but what are the tax implications of pulling that money out? Should we consider a financing option and and pull it out over three years to reduce your tax bracket? I mean, there's just so many little ramifications. Is that gonna affect the uh, amount of your social security that's taxable? Is that gonna affect your Medicare premiums? Um, and there's a lot of ancillary, um, you know, effects of, of making financial decisions. And, and so I'm here to advise them and walk them through that process and, and meet with them on a regular basis, uh, just to steer them through those, uh, through those hurdles, I guess.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Tyler, I can't believe we're almost out of time, but I do want to close with a, a two-parter question here. Um, so the first part is, uh, I'd love to hear one of the hardest conversations you've ever had to have as a client and what that looked like. And then we'll have you wrap up with one of the happiest or most meaningful conversations you've had.
1: So great questions. Uh, so the, really the hardest one is, is just, we make a plan and we come up with, um, an income and if, and, and then the client doesn't live within that. Uh, I'm sure there's lots of other professions. I'm sure the doctor sits down and says, okay, you got to lose 10 pounds or, or your, your heart's going to give out and it's really frustrating when you see them you know six months later and they've made no progress towards that goal i'm sure for them but in my case it's very hard to see them say okay i can live within these parameters and then not live within that and we we very quickly justify we do this with food we do this with our health we go i i deserve this i've earned this i what's the point of having the money if I can't spend it and enjoy it? I mean, there's a lot of rationale or rationalization that goes on in our heads to justify our behaviors. And, and so that's difficult when, I, when I'm, when I'm telling the client, listen, you've got to rein it in. And, and then I've had a few clients over the years that haven't. And, and it's just, I live in a small town. It's hard to see them in the grocery store knowing that their financial situation is precarious when it didn't need to be. So, And I have to be careful not to inflict my values on them. I mean, I just because this is my personality and and my strength doesn't mean that everyone will have that same background or um, viewpoint, but still that's where it's hard. But as far as best goes, I I think the very best part about my job is that when somebody talks to you about their money, it's a very personal, I mean, they really opened the vault, so to speak. It's a very much you become part of their inner circle. It's generally most of the relationships we have in life are pretty uh shallow to be honest. I mean it's it's my neighbor it's somebody down the street it's one of my kids' friends parents or and we talk about you know weather we talk about sports we talk about how their day went but we really don't talk about real deep uh personal things and uh and and so and we don't do that with very many people in life if we're Truly honest. There's a very small handful of people that we really confide in and and really open up about. And when you tell somebody uh, the nitty gritty details of money, uh, and, and you know exactly what they spend and how much they have in this account and what all of their properties and all of their net worth is and and what exactly what their income is. I mean, think to yourself, how many people have you told exactly what you make per year to? and exactly what's in your bank account because it's that's almost like undressing a little bit you're you're really seeing uh behind the behind the screen and and so they once you've done that you, you have this much more in-depth or intimate relationship in my opinion and and you you hear things and and they'll discuss things with you maybe they wouldn't discuss family issues and you know personal shortcomings or uh, you know sometimes i joke that i need a therapist couch in my office for them to lay down and where do we start, but you really get to have this relationship with people. That's much deeper. And I, I really enjoy that. You're part of their inner circle and I value that trust uh, maybe as much as anything. So
0: I love that. I I love ending on the note of, Uh, relationship building. And and really, at the end of the day, we all get paid to solve problems. And a lot of us enjoy solving problems that have to do with people. So I love that we get to end on that note. Tyler, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate you.
1: No, it's my pleasure. And you do a lot of good. I appreciate what you're doing for the university and for these students.
0: We hope you loved this episode of the USU Career Studio Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe and share this episode with your friends and family.